Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on the home of the Afropolitan. So now any benefit you gain or profit you make from an investment, whether through interest earned profit on the growth of your investment or dividends that have been paid to you is subject to some sort of tax. While there are ways to invest tax-free, such as a tax-free savings account or a retirement annuity, there are other investments that you'd like to get into, but what kind of taxes would you be involved in? So let's break that down. My guest this evening is Craig Gradich, and he's an investment and retirement and specialist at Gradage Mahura Investments. Craig, a very good evening to you. Thank you so much for your time. Good evening, uh, Sumitra, and good evening to the listeners. I think let's start with a breakdown. Give us a breakdown of the different kinds of taxes you would pay when you invest in a regular investment account. Okay, so, so what I'll do is let me just start off with all the taxes that an individual would pay, and then we would see yeah. which of those taxes will apply to, to investments. So one way of remembering what taxes you you like you to pay over your lifetime is through the acronym CREDITS. And CREDITS is ironically something you don't get from SARS. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. an easy way to remember it. So CREDITS, uh, C stands for Capital Gains Tax. The R would stand for Retirement, fund ta- uh, retirement Funds Tax. So when you retire... There's certain retirement funds taxes that apply. The E stands for estate duty. The D stands for donations tax, and it also stands for dividends withholdings tax. And then the I, I think the I we're all familiar with, and that's income tax. Mm-hmm. T stands for transfer duty. And then the S would stand for securities transfer tax. And I suppose uh, quite relevant at the moment, severance benefits uh, but they, they tend to be taxed according to the, the retirement tax table. So so those are all the, the credits that, I mean, sorry, not the credits. Those are all the taxes that we would taxes. pay as individuals. When it comes to investing, it's typically capital gains tax, income tax, uh, dividends withholdings tax uh, that tend to be the, the more dominant taxes. And then if we're saving towards retirement, you mentioned retirement annuities, then retirement funds tax will, will come into it at some point. Okay, that's that's a really nice breakdown. I like this uh, acronym, credits. So if we, so how do we actually look at the tax? Can we, we obviously can find out about the tax implications before we yeah. make an investment decision? Yes, that's right. So, so if we look at the taxes that would apply to an individual from an investment perspective. So, like I said, it's primarily capital gains tax. Capital gains tax is charged on any capital growth that you achieve in your investment. If that growth is over 40,000 rand in the year in which there is a capital gain event. Okay, so, the first 40,000 is exempt. Over and above 40,000, they would take 40% of the growth over and above that and tax that at, at your, your average tax rate. Um, so that's, that's the tax that's charged on growth, capital growth. If you earn interest, interest is subject to income tax, um, but there's an exemption that's applied. So the first 23,800 rand, if you're 65, so under the age of 65, the first 23,800 rand of interest that you earn 
you don't pay any tax on. And if you're 65 and older, the first 34,500, you wouldn't pay tax on. Any interest over and above that gets included in your taxable income, okay, in calculating your income. Mm-hmm. And then if you invested in companies and you earn a dividend, automatically, um, if you're an individual, there's a dividend withholdings tax that applies, and that's taxed at a flat rate of 20% on, on the dividend that's paid out. So, so those are the dividends, those are the taxes that apply. You then have to understand how the growth that you're getting and the return that you get from your investment, what form that return comes in. So if it's capital growth, then it's capital gains tax. If it's interest, if it's dividends, uh, sorry, if it's interest and rental income, bond coupon payments, those are all subject to income tax. And then if it's mm-hmm. dividends, it's dividends withholdings tax. Okay, so then you can do the calculation. If, for instance, we look at a, you know, at a common investment, if you have savings um, in um, with a bank, say, for instance, you yeah. take out one of those fixed deposits over, um, you know, anything between two, three years or five years. Um, after that five-year period, for instance, you've invested yeah. a set amount of money, you know, exactly how much you're getting after the, the five years. How do you calculate the tax? that you would pay when the money matures? Okay, so so with, with a fixed deposit, your, your return is sold in the form of interest. And, and as I mentioned earlier, interest is... Craig, do we have you back uh, on the line? Uh, I am back. I don't know what happened there. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. So I don't it know remnants. where you know, so I'll, I'll, I'll start from the beginning. Um, just saying that with... With a fixed deposit, your return yep. is solely in the form of interest. Yes. So if you if you're 65 years and younger, you don't pay tax on the first 23,800 interest. Um, with income tax, you are charged on the interest that you earn in the tax year, right? So fixed deposits likely to straddle a few tax years, especially if it's a five-year fixed deposit. What would happen is your bank would give you a tax certificate saying exactly how much interest you earn in the tax year that's just passed. And then when you do your tax return, you would include that interest in your taxable income. While in your income that you're been calculating your total income, you would include that interest and then you would exempt the first 23800 after that. So, so that's with a fixed deposit. Pure interest um, return, so all your returns subject to, to income tax. So, Craig, just hold on for clarification. If you've got a fixed deposit over five years, would you be expecting the tax certificate each year over the five years? Yes, that, that's right. Because mm-hmm. Well, it depends how they structure that. If they just give you one bullet payment at the end, um, you know, which is unlikely because with, with, with interest, you are liable for the tax even if you do not withdraw the interest out. Okay, if you earn the interest in the year, whether you spend it or you reinvest it, whatever you do with it, mm-hmm. you are you are liable for the tax. So if you've earned a certain amount of interest, the bank will send you a tax certificate saying that you have earned so much interest over the last tax year. And then that, that's the number that you would include. So typically, you know, interest rates fluctuate, except for the fixed deposit, 
they generally guarantee you a fixed rate. So it's a lot easier to calculate your expected tax liability. Um, but you'll get a tax certificate with exactly the number, and then you include that in your in your tax return. Okay, so then if it's over the five years and you're only taking out the money on maturity after five years, you haven't received anything in the five years, you'll only receive your money with your interest um, at the end of that five years, then uh, how is that tax calculated? Because if it's not calculated on each year, you would only have that. So how much would you, and say for instance, you under 65. Yeah, so so in that case, uh, you've earned the interest. The interest has accrued to you in that tax year, whether you've taken it or not, whether you've reinvested. SARS so is not interested in what you do with it. Mm-hmm. SARS so is not interested in what you do with it. If you've earned it, you're liable for the tax. Okay, so remember mm-hmm. the tax doesn't have to be paid from that interest. The tax can be paid, you know, as part of your normal kind of tax affairs. But um, if you've earned the interest in year one, even though you haven't gotten money out from the bank, then okay. you're still liable for the tax. That that, that may be due. Okay. So and yeah. that you so essentially you would need to declare every year when you're doing your taxes, even though you're not receiving the money. A hundred percent, because you've earned the money. It's, it's yeah. accrued to you, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of taxable income forms part of your, your income for, for that tax year, uh, okay. even though you haven't taken it. You, you may reinvest it. You may have spent it. So I was not really interested in, in what you do with the money, whether it came to you or not. As long as you earned it and there's a tax certificate, then you, you've, got, you've got a, a responsibility and an obligation to disclose that. Okay, so um, as as somebody that's uh, as the investor, you would need to contact yeah. your bank, or your bank would automatically send you, or whichever institution they would send you a tax certificate um, at the end of the years in order for you to do your taxes. What, Craig? What? Do you, what then? What then is the rate at which they tax you on those investments? Uh, say, for instance, in the savings account in a uh, in a fixed deposit. So, so the rate of tax will depend on your total tax. On the interest. Income. Oh, okay. So, so your interest will go in. So you, when you're calculating your tax, when you're doing your tax return and you're calculating your taxable income, it will take your income from salary, from rental income, from interest, from bonus payments, all of that. That gets included in your tax return. And then there's deductions below that. And then you would, if you, if you had interest income at the top, you would be able to deduct the first 23,800 mm-hmm. uh, in your deductions. And so your, your income minus your deductions will then give you your, your taxable income. And then there's a, there's a table that determines what rate of tax you would pay based on your total taxable income. Okay, so and and this can vary. Um, say, for instance, you've got that five years that we're talking about. This could vary in that five years because your income from year one to year three could be totally different. From what I'm understanding is that everything is pulled in and then the entire calculation is done. It, the tax is not done separately on just your savings. 
That's correct, yes. So okay. um, on, on an annual, and remember the tax tables change every year as well. So, you know, so last year you may have been taxed at a certain rate, this year you'll be taxed mm-hmm. at a different rate because they've adjusted the tax tables. So calculate your income, less your exemptions, less your deductions, you get your taxable income, and then you apply that to the tax tables and you, you would then be able to see, you calculate exactly how much tax you have to pay. So there wouldn't be a tax that's specifically charged on the interest that you would earn from the investment at the bank. Okay, so I'm thinking that, you know, this is quite a complex exercise and it's yes. it's quite difficult for you to, you know, each time you want to take out an investment to now sit and calculate how much tax you are going to be paying on that once you receive that uh, that money on maturity. Um, yep. So it is actually quite difficult. I mean, are there tips for individual investors, um, you know, to more or less figure out which is a good way? Because sometimes you could actually invest in something, but you end up paying so much of tax at the end of it, it's not actually a worthwhile investment. So are there tips for those wanting to invest on which is a good way or where's, I mean, you know what I'm trying to say? It's, it's like where yes. should one invest in order to, because we hate, we hate paying the taxes, right? But the reality is sure. that we have to pay it. But where is a good one, which is a good avenue to take in order to make sure that you're getting the maximum profit and it's not all going towards taxes? Yeah, so, so I think the important thing, like you said earlier on, is people should make use of the tax protection that they get from tax-free savings accounts, from mm-hmm. retirement annuities. And if you, if you pay tax at a fairly high rate, you can mitigate that tax by, by investing by an endowment. And then some of these endowments, you know, inside the endowments, there's some kind of assessed tax loss which actually decreases your tax even further. So, you know, there you, you'd need a, a kind of a suitably skilled financial advisor who, who's familiar mm. with those. But I think it's important that people understand that, you know, some people look to minimize tax. What we rather look at doing is maximizing return after tax. Yeah. Because in trying to avoid a tax, you could run into other problems. So you might try and avoid, say, income tax, but then you kind of run into capital gains tax or estate duty or dividends tax or whatever the case may be. Um, I think the important thing is people need to understand the different taxes, uh, how it affects them personally. If you invest in fairly small amounts, you know, you, at the current interest rate, you've got to invest 500000 almost to get above the 23800 uh in in interest. You know, so for a lot of people, it's actually not a problem um, mm. because the exemptions will will kind of uh, see to it that they, they actually don't pay any tax. Um, yeah. So I think it, it it really is about educating yourself around how the different taxes, well, what are the different taxes, how they they apply. So as I said, with with income tax, in the year that you earn the income, you pay the tax. With capital gains tax, it's only when there's an event do you pay the tax? So you could delay that event for for a number of years before then paying uh, or triggering the tax. You know, so so there you have a bit more control. Um, 
dividends withholdings tax that absolutely now control. They take the tax before they even pay you the dividend. You know, so it's just understanding how these taxes are paid. But, you know, dividends taxes at 20%. If you're paying income tax at 40%, you know, you, you, you may then want to earn more income in the form of dividends rather than in the form of taxable income. Mm-hmm. You know, because then you're mitigating that tax and bringing it from 40% down closer to 20%. So, so tax planning is certainly becoming a, a bigger part of financial planning. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, in, in our firm, we, we've been, been encouraging the advisors to, to go and do tax courses to understand mm. the taxes, uh, you know, as, as much as they understand the markets and the products and, and everything else. Yeah, of course, because, you know, certain things can be sold to you, it can look so attractive, but when you actually do the calculations uh, and you start comparing, you realize that, you know, this looks attractive uh, right now, but in a few years' time, it's not going to look as, as attractive. Very quickly, Craig, before I let you go, you know, we have the tax-free savings accounts, um, and now that's moved up to 36000 so obviously this is where you don't get taxed. So when you take out that money, you don't get tax. Now, the retirement annuities also, you know, there's so much of debate around the retirement annuity. People put money into it and they say that it doesn't really grow, but yeah. you actually get a big rebate on a retirement annuity, a tax rebate. Just take us through that quickly. Yes, yeah, so, so the retirement annuity, uh, retirement annuities are wonderfully tax efficient. In fact, they're more tax efficient than a tax-free savings account. Because of that tax um, deduction that you get up front on your contribution, mm-hmm. um, and it goes all the way up to 350000 per year between the RA and your company retirement fund. Um, so all your returns inside the retirement annuity are tax-free. The only limitation is that your retirement annuity must comply with Regulation 28 of the Pension Funds Act. And that, that controls how much you can invest offshore, how much you can invest in equity, for example, how much you can invest in property. Whereas with a tax mm-hmm. savings account, you can put all of it offshore, all of it in equity, all of it in property, however you want. So you've got a lot more freedom on that side. With the retirement um, annuity, so if you put in 100000 and you pay tax at 45%, you'll get 45000 rand back from the taxman, or you'll pay 45000 rand less tax. But mm-hmm. you still have a hundred thousand rand in your retirement annuity, and it will grow from a hundred thousand, even though you've got the forty-five back. And when you when you get to retirement, you can then take up to a third of that out. Um, mm-hmm. You can, you, and and that would then be subject to retirement funds tax, the R in our acronym credits. And and there, the first five hundred thousand is tax-free at the moment. Okay, and then the rest has to buy you an annuity, and that annuity would be subject to income tax. So it's actually fairly tax efficient. And also, while it's in the RA, if you were to pass away before you got to retirement, it would be exempt from the state duty, whereas your uh, tax-free savings account would then be included in your estate, subject to executor's mm-hmm. fees and to a state duty. So, you know, there's the, the retirement annuity wins hands down. Primarily yeah. because of the deduction up front, um, it, 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 it wins hands down and you can put in a lot more 
and you can leave it for a lot longer. Um, but the tax-free savings account where it will win is that it, it, you can invest a lot more aggressively um, and perhaps get a higher return over time. People need to be patient with a tax-free savings account because the benefits are back-end loaded. You know, the real tax benefit is once you've invested your full 500000 lifetime limit and you've allowed that to grow and, you know, and benefit from compounding. It's going to take you about 15 yeah. years to get there and you're going to compound and then you're going to get dividends out tax-free. You're going to get rental income out tax-free. You're going to get interest out of there tax-free. And it becomes a wonderful source of kind of tax-free money. I think with both, it's really a time game. I mean, if you're looking at retirement as well, you can't actually take that out right now. You can only take sure. it out at retirement. So both are a time game. And these are, and this is the only way that your investment actually grows if you have the patience, if you give it enough time and you also start at a good enough, uh, you know, at a, at a young enough age, um, yes. you know, make sure that you actually build it up. And as you say, it's compounded. Craig, thank you so much for your time this evening. Um, thanks. For giving us those insights and helping us through um, getting through this. I think that's good advice. You know, speak to a consultant, yeah. speak to a tax specialist and find out where you stand in terms of your investments going forward. Craig Craddage is an investment and retirement specialist and he's from Craddage Mahura Investments. Thanks so much, Craig. Go well. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM, home of the Afropolitan. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.